Hey there, and welcome to episode number 197 of Marvel by the Month, the podcast that takes you through the history of Marvel Comics one month at a time. In this episode, that month is June 1973. My name is Brian Stratton. Mine is Rob Milne. I'm Jamie Wenger. First of all, I want to start this episode off with a happy birthday to my dad, who turns 80 on the day this episode is released. Happy birthday, Gene Stratton. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. 80 years old. He's done pretty pretty well for himself. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Is Uh, he a listener to the show? uh, Probably not. Probably not. I I think... I'm going to say, like, maybe vinyl was the last medium that uh, he felt real comfortable with. Maybe the cassette tape. Okay. Yeah. Well, we've so. been the worst about... thing you can say about him, then. <laughs> <laughs> open open forum here. No wrong answers. Oh, no, my, my dad is, he's a wonderful human being, and yeah. I'm, I'm super happy to have already celebrated his birthday with him, mm. though I have not yet done that. So. They need to invent a podcast tense. Yeah, they really do. Like they really days do. Days of future past kind of. Oh, man. Yeah. So. Uh, Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this has been like the nicest day that we have had here in Portland, um, all year so far. Uh, how have you been uh, celebrating this, this blessed bounty of good weather? I've stayed inside with the windows shut. Nice. Nice. That was a test. (laughs) The pollen does not try to get me. It's Uh, like, it seemed like maybe he was a scroll for a minute, but now he said that. So I feel comfortable. And now I I know he's a crafty scroll. I was drawing like Rob. I mean, I like to do. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I just, I didn't get out there and, uh, was fine. I, it was fun to wear yeah. sunglasses when I came over. Uh, here. Yeah. But you did uh. get out and do something this week that you were just telling us about yeah. before the episode. Just last night, uh, we went to the memorial for Darcel Fifteen, the the longest performing drag queen in all of history. Wow! Excellent. Uh, and it's been in Portland. Uh, Darcel's been there for I think something like sixty. Whoa! It's a very long year. Holy smokes! It's yeah. like since since uh yeah I know it's a, more than fifty five, but I've forgotten already all of the math. But uh, whoa, yeah. And so Darcel's had this this running show, and when I was a kid playing music when I was fifteen and sixteen, uh, I could play a Tuesday night at Satyricon mm-hmm. and have people from the Organ Symphony come in in their their tucks and tails after they've played, like. This is like six people, okay, and then and then like five drag queens, and they're all dancing around listening Whoa. to us play like a, a terrible heavy metal cover of Hotel California or something. But, <laughs> but that was like 1989 in Portland for me, you know. Oh my so, gosh! Uh, and often playing, I was downtown in that area playing lots of shows. So we there were there were always drag queens, oh. and there that would just roll in, or we would run into them, or I've been to Darcel's, I don't know, six seven times, mm-hmm. but wow. um, which is just a great time yeah. like uh yeah. so it was full like and our governor spoke our mayor spoke cool um they're you know trying to get a street named after darcel which should be yeah the case yeah so they're going that route instead of uh trying to outlaw it completely yeah right? it's so here in portland yeah, yeah that's pretty yeah. cool that's cool i like <laughs> yep. that yeah, I mean, this is why the eastern half of the state wants to join Idaho, but, you know, let them walk. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's fine. <laughs> Sashay away. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy your famous potatoes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, it's just, Darcel is one of the, much like Bud Clark, our, our famous mayor, mm-hmm. um, uh, who we just went to his memorial in the last year. Yeah, uh, there's been I a think, lot of those. Uh, yeah, so for me, yeah. growing up here, a lot of the, like, core Portland is is either 
gone or they've passed the torch to many other people. And yeah. it's yeah. like the whole, the outpouring of the, the LGBTQ plus community at this event was so palpable and awesome. Aww, and it yeah. was like 3000 people or 2,600, some people in the schnitz and then people at a neighboring place watching on giant screens oh, and people gosh. outside. That's awesome. It was uh, just, it was wonderful. So I was so glad we got to get in. But, yeah. yeah. So I'm, I did. That was a big deal. I'm so glad you made it. I I was hoping to. I was not able to. But um, yeah, that's that's just terrific. Um, Darcel was obviously such a Portland icon. Yeah. And, uh, and I mean, really, I think after they passed away and you started hearing more from like all quarters of the country, like you realize that, I mean, they did mean a ton to the entire community. Um and like yeah. definitely for the nation, if not the world, yeah, and especially wow. Portland, like and especially it, at this time, yeah. yeah, yeah, right. So that's something I would read a book about. Is yeah, there is there books? There's about? a bio and there's a documentary too. Whoa, so, no yeah, way, really? I'll, I'll point you, point you. We at should some of those. post that in the notes. Yeah, yeah. or some Let's, let's we, make we, sure whoever we, does those notes yeah, remembers yeah. to do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, that was a lot. But, yeah, uh, that sounds awesome. So uh, that's awesome. Um, we've got some, I would say, fun, weird comics to talk about yeah, we, yeah. also. Um, but, of course, before we, we dive into those Marvel comics uh, from June 1973, uh, we've got to run through some headlines and comics news uh, for June 1973. So, Rob, uh, why don't you uh, take it away? Sure. June 1st, 1973, General Georgios Papadopoulos, who had served as <laughs> Prime Minister of Greece since shortly after leading the overthrow of the government on oh. April 21st, 1967, pro- proclaimed the abolition of the monarchy of Greece and the establishment of a republic with himself as president. Of oh, course. Loaded bunch of history. (laughs) If you win a revolution, you get to do things like that. Yeah. Good tip. Yep. The spoils. On the fourth, a United States patent for the first automated teller machine, the DocuTel, was granted to Donald Wetzel, Tom Barnes, and George Chastain. No relation to the Wetzel of Wetzel. I I was kind of going to ask. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I did actually look that up. That was just, did he create the automated teller machine and Wetzel's pretzels? Because talk about a need of a biography and a documentary. It's like, <laughs> exactly. oh my gosh. It might be less important overall, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a double threat right there. <laughs> uh, on June 8th, 1973, the owner of baseball San Diego Padres, C. Arnholt Smith, confirmed uh, that as part of his sale of the National League team, the team would be moved to Washington, D.C. Smith gave notice to the San Diego City Council in a letter. Now, if you are a baseball fan, you might have already guessed the ending of the story. Uh, mm. That move never took place. Uh, the Padres would still be in San Diego 50 years later. <laughs> uh, Smith sold the team to Joseph Dazansky and two other Washington businessmen on May 28th. Huh. I didn't I didn't know that. Yeah, that yeah. just reminds me of that scene in Baseball where they draw the graphic about everyone, like all the teams moving to different places, like even though this place has no lakes. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, on the 9th of June, Secretariat won the Belmont Stakes, becoming the first U.S. Triple Crown of Thoroughbred Racing winner since 1948. Hmm. 
I wanted to leave that one for you because I know you and your wife, Barb, are uh, passionate horse enthusiasts. <laughs> we do often make a giant mug of mint juleps on Derby Day and uh, make a big deal out of it because we think it's hilarious. Uh, we also will wear giant hats and whatever. And declare. Or have a, yeah, I do declare. I, do. <laughs> I, will drink, I will drink whiskey at 10 a.m. on that day. And uh, yeah, it's yeah. in your best lives. Mm-hmm. That's great. On the 11th, Libya's leader, Muammar Gaddafi, announced the nationalization of the U.S. multimillionaire Nelson Bunker Hunt's oil company in the North African nation. This gave Libya full control of the oil field that had once been owned by Hunt and by British Petroleum. In his speech, Gaddafi said, The time has come for us to deal American America a strong slap on its cool, arrogant face. <laughs> At least he said it was cool. <laughs> yeah. uh, he also added, uh, the right to nationalize comes under our sovereignty over our land. We can do whatever we want with our oil. All right. Well, that is a emotionally complicated the series first of part things. sounded yeah, yeah, pretty super villain. Uh, then, uh, sounded, then it's kind of yeah. swung yeah. part of back. Uh, on the 12th of June, six people were killed and 33 injured by a terrorist car bomb after the provisional IRA had placed a time bomb in an automobile parked on a busy street in the northern Ireland town of Coleraine in oh. County Londonderry. All of the dead were retired Protestants, ranging in age from 60 to 76, and several of the injured survived with lost limbs or crippling injuries. Oh. A second bomb exploded five minutes later, but caused no injuries. Man. Oh. On that same day, actor Marlon Brando punched controversial celebrity <laughs> photographer Ron Galella after the paparazzo had followed Brando and talk show host Dick Cavett to a restaurant. Galella's jaw was broken and he had five teeth knocked out. <laughs> Galella had already been in the news for having a restraining order against him against close pursuit of Jacqueline Onassis. Huh. Did he get in trouble? Did uh, like Brando get in trouble? I mean, I assume, but also I assume he didn't care. <laughs> yeah. Back yeah. then, he, he probably got a fine. And, yeah. 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 And a pack of smokes. <laughs> Could have been a contender. Yeah. On the 14th, Connecticut became the first U.S. state to recognize Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday as a state holiday. Governor Thomas Meskell signed a bill that had passed the state House of Representatives 124 to 17 and the state Senate unanimously. Um, man, those 17... Who were those guys? Yep. Uh, the, the law set aside the second Sunday in January, normally not a workday for most state employees as a day of celebration. So it was one of those, you know, kind of like it starts out real strong and yeah. then you're like, it's a Sunday. <laughs> it's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Points for effort, I guess. Yeah. Yep. It's just uh, like a mention at that point. Yeah. 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 Uh, and the 17, I assume they have spouses from Tennessee. Like yeah. Just, right. I, I'm really been down on Tennessee since uh, a few yeah. uh, episodes ago. They were just uh, real the, late on the wrong for side the Fifteenth Amendment. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's all those mint juleps. It just goes to their heads after <laughs> yeah. a while. You got to be careful though. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the 18th of June, the Washington Summit, a meeting of the leaders of the United States, which is President Richard Nixon, <laughs> and of the Soviet Union, uh, the Communist Party first secretary Leonid Brezhnev began at the White House in Washington, D.C., and a state dinner took place in the evening. Hmm. On the 19th of June, the Rocky Horror Show, a successful musical by Richard O'Brien, premiered at the Royal Court Theater in London for the first of 2,960 performances. (laughs) It would be adapted to a cult film, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, in 1975. Yep. Whoa. Yeah. 
And I, it's not been played in a theater since, right? That was the last <laughs> yeah, was Shut it. that thing down. <laughs> never to be seen again. Certainly doesn't take place every Saturday night. <laughs> right, down the street from my theater. house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> On the 21st, the U.S. Supreme Court issued a landmark decision in Miller versus California, setting a three-pronged standard for determining whether or not material is obscene and thus not protected under the free speech guarantee of the First Amendment to the Constitution. Announcing a standard for acceptable free speech as a work that has serious literary, artistic, political, or scientific value, the court endorsed five to four what is now called the Miller test. Hmm. It's Miller time. Yep. <laughs> I, uh, I'm going to resist the urge to make a joke about a three-pronged standard for determining what's obscene. So, oh, no. <laughs> uh, on the 22nd of June, the agreement on the prevention of nuclear war was signed in Washington, D.C. by U.S. President Nixon and Soviet General Secretary Brezhnev. Later in the day, Nixon and Brezhnev flew together on the Air Force One presidential jet plane from Andrews Air Force Base to the El Toro Marine Air Station, and then were driven together to the Western White House, which was Nixon's private vacation home at San Clemente, California. Mm -hmm. On the same day, Mark Felt resigned as deputy director of the FBI after taking the job the day after the death of director J. Edgar Hoover. During his time on the job, Felt had secretly informed Washington Post reporter Bob Woodward about the details of the Watergate scandal investigation and had been identified by the Post only as Deep Throat. Oh, that's the guy? That's the guy. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. He, he, Deputy director of the FBI. Whoa. You, you wouldn't have got to know that until the secret was revealed in 2005. Oh my gosh. What was I doing then? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, not paying attention to the... <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> not reading comics. Uh, and also on the same day, the United Nations Security Council voted unanimously in favor of UNSC Resolution 335 to recommend that the UN General Assembly admit both West Germany and East Germany simultaneously as voting members. So that their votes could cancel each other out, basically. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> on everything. Yeah, that's that dirty pool. For yeah. Brian, back to Brezhnev. Back to Brezhnev. Oh, it's his month, huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 24th of June, Leonid Brezhnev became the first Soviet leader to address the American people on television. Whoa. Brezhnev's 47-minute speech was pre-recorded the afternoon before at President Nixon's estate and then broadcast the next evening at 6 o'clock p.m. in each of the U.S. time zones. Among other things, he declared that mankind has outgrown the rigid Cold War armor, which it was once forced to wear. Hmm. It wants to breathe freely and peacefully. In 1973. Yeah. Everything was fine. Yeah. (laughs) Russia stopped being a problem shortly thereafter. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. We must have saved billions on nuclear weapons. Oh, it was amazing. Uh, On the 25th of June, former White House lawyer John Dean began his testimony before the Senate Watergate Committee. Granted immunity from prosecution by vote of the committee, Dean implicated U.S. President Nixon in accusations of obstruction of justice. After some opening remarks, Dean began his testimony by reading aloud a 245-page statement <laughs> what? in a clipped monotone over <gasps> six hours. <laughs> what? That's like a book on tape. <laughs> he read to a thing for six hours. Yeah. And here's people? another thing Nixon did. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's, yeah. like, it's like the worst <laughs> the like litany of your yeah. oh, yep. no. abuse of power. Oh, my gosh. And one time he only tipped 12% on a check. (laughs) Holy cow. 
uh, on the 27th, in testimony before the Senate Watergate Committee, John Dean revealed the existence of an enemies list of 20 people. The list had been maintained in the White House for the purpose of using the available federal machinery to screw our political <laughs> enemies. Oh, my God. That feels like it should have been a Nixon quote, Brian. Oh, yeah. 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 The Earl Wolf home. <laughs> I can't even do it. Sorry. I'm laughing too hard. <laughs> Uh, this included the use of tax audits by the IRS and manipulating federal contracts and grants. Yeah. Wow. wow. I also feel like you only have 20 people on your enemies list. You're not really trying to put together an enemies list. Yeah, especially if you're Richard Nixon. I mean, I've like, got like 35 on mine. <laughs> I don't know and anybody. We, yeah, we didn't even leave the house. <laughs> uh, the 29th of June, by a vote of 73 to 16, the U.S. Senate passed the Case Church Amendment an attachment to a funding bill for the U.S. Department of State prohibiting any further U.S. military activity in Indochina, which was North Vietnam, South Vietnam, Laos, or Cambodia, without advanced congressional approval. The bill had passed the U.S. House of Representatives 325 to 86 on June 26th. After Nixon had vetoed the initial measure and cited national security as a factor, the House and Senate reached a compromise with the White House allowing bombing of Cambodia to continue until August 15, 1973, rather than to halt immediately. Oof. The compromise passed 236 to 169 in the House and 63 to 26 in the Senate. President Nixon signed the measure into law on July 1st. You know, he was just like, I know my time here is numbered. Like my, my days are numbered here. Right. I I need to just bomb these people for another six, <laughs> yeah, yeah, six just, more weeks. Please, I really don't like Cambodia. Yeah. Uh, that's where uh was that like the killing fields the blood fields yeah, or yeah, whatever yeah yeah it's i mean it's monstrous oh stuff. uh yeah. ask me where i learned about the cambodia killing murder blood fields uh, was it a dead kennedy's album? yeah that's, that's, <laughs> no. i assumed <laughs> oh, wow. but, yeah. no, it was uh wonder man written by peter david oh there was like a, a bad guy uh, themed after that in all some right way. well there you go hmm. see comics makes you smarter kids or echo and the bunnyman yeah Wow. Hey. <laughs> uh, Rob, speaking of the, the comics and the comics industry, uh, what was what was going on in uh, June 73? On June 15th, the legendary Neil Adams turned 32 years old. Oh, my gosh. Wally Wood turned 46 on June 17th. And friend of the show, Paul Kupperberg, became old enough to drink and vote <laughs> on June 14th. Wow. He's just a baby. Yeah. Aww. We also lost a couple of veteran Marvel artists in June 1973, unfortunately. Sid Shores, whose last comics work was inking Ghost Rider, number one and two, and penciling part of a story for an upcoming issue of Tales of the Zombie, died of a sudden heart attack on June 3rd at the age of 59. He would be inducted into the Inkwell Awards Joe Sinnott Hall of Fame in 2023. Oh, wow. And Werner Roth, who had the unenviable task of being Jack Kirby's immediate successor on X-Men and co-created Lorna, the jungle girl for Atlas comics died of cancer on June 28th at the age of 52. Yeah. So yeah, I guess the earlier birthdays enjoy them because comics will kill you fast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Houston con 73 took place from June 21st to 24th at the Marriott hotel in Houston, Texas. Approximately 2,000 attendees came through the doors. It is notorious for a major van crash involving Robert Beerbaum, uh, Bud Plant, Terry Stroud, and Dick Swan as they were leaving Houston Con. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> it just sounds like a party situation gone awry. Like, yeah, I think it was just a traffic accident. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, and in Dallas, Texas, huh. Decon 73 took place from June 27th July to July 1st at the Sheridan Hotel. 
Uh, guests included William Gaines, Byrne Hogarth, Jerry Bales, and spectral legal nuisance Harlan Ellison. <laughs> <laughs> Tickets were a, a whopping $7.50 at the door. Oh That's gosh. 10 Marvel Monster magazines. <laughs> Outrageous. Whoa. <laughs> uh, 191 comics hit the stands in June of 1973. Oh and yes, that is another record. Wow. Uh, DC Comics was responsible for 36 of them, including the first issue of Jack Kirby's Boy Commandos, which re reprinted the 1941 series written by Joe Simon and illustrated by Kirby. The first issue of Strange Sports Stories, which combined the chills of DC's suspense titles with the drama of sports comics. <laughs> the natural pairing. Yeah. Right? yeah, sort of like an Angels in the Outfield, I guess. I don't know. I've never read them. It's a real chocolate and peanut butter situation. Pass that one. Uh, 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 and the first issue of Plop, Ooh. a humor comic distinguished by its grotesque Basil Wolverton covers. Yeah. Have you ever seen any of them? No. They just have like a different Basil Wolverton monster uh, on the cover <laughs> of every single one. They're really gross and awesome. Um, Archie Comics shipped 21 issues this month, including the first issue of Archie's One Way, a Christian comic published under the Spire Comics imprint. Whoa. Yep. Archie's uh, branching out into... Uh, Archie got real churchy for Branching up. There. Yeah. Huh. Branching on up. Uh, Charlton Comics pumped out another 17 comics. Gold Key delivered 29 mostly licensed comics to newsstands in June. Harvey Comics published 23 issues, and somehow 47 of them were Richie Rich comics. <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> what goes on in those comics? How many stories could you possibly do? It's like young Scrooge McDuck pre-dead Casper. Yep. <laughs> like... He's, I, I mean, I guess he's wealthy and can do whatever he wants. Sure. So he just like goes around the world. You or can go, tell any story. He goes yeah. to school. I like, I mean, uh, he has he people gets, killed. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like domestic or worldly or superhero-y. I mean, like what? Yeah. I just, I can't imagine. All of the above. Well, I'm. I feel like I, I need to buy you like a stack <laughs> I know. of 70 oh, no. Richie Rich comics. Oh, no, please your, don't your, your curiosity will make you suffer. Be, be careful. Um, MF Enterprises crapped out three black and white horror mags. Uh, Skywald shipped a couple of issues. And Warren Publishing had four magazines on the stands in June, including the 100th issue of Famous Monsters of Filmland. That doesn't sound like it adds up to uh, that number we said before. No, uh, uh, because uh, our friends at Marvel Comics published a mere 56 issues this month, which is a 33 increase, a 33% increase over the previous month. Holy smokes. Uh, now, three of them were giant size annuals. Uh, so Amazing Spider-Man, Conan the Barbarian, Fantastic Four, which reprinted old stories. Uh, and Marvel did launch one new title, Ghost Rider, um, which we're going to be talking about on the next Monster by the Month episode. Uh, but most of the inflated issue count was due to the fact that series were coming out more frequently. Um, Bi-monthly series like Defenders were starting to go monthly. So... Um, that's why there were so many Marvel comics on the stands. And Steve Englehart's writing like a solid percentage of them. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh. So 15 of Marvel's June 1973 comics were non-reprint, non-horror titles that were part of mainstream Marvel continuity. Uh, we're going to be talking about three of those later in this episode. Uh, we're going to talk about Luke Cage, Hero for Hire, number 13, Marvel feature number 11, and Marvel premiere number 10. Uh, our listeners who support us at patreon.com slash Marvel by the month. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. We'll be able to hear about all three of those in the Patreon exclusive extended version of this episode. But before we get into those deep dives, here's a quick rundown of the 12 titles that we will not be talking about in depth on this episode. All right. First, we have Avengers 115. 
The Avengers head to Britain to investigate the Black Knight's disappearance, but are quickly imprisoned underground by literal troglodytes and their uncharismatic leader, Skull. Yeah. It's not like a chewing tobacco. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's also a little uh, postscript in there, which leads into the Avengers Defenders War, which starts yeah. next issue. Yeah, I'm intrigued by that. I don't know anything about it. Yeah. Then over in Captain America 165, Cap's, uh, Cap leaves behind S.H.I.E.L.D., the Falcon, and the Carter sisters to fight the unfortunately titled Yellow Claw Wolf. and also Gigantic Spiders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Somehow the Gigantic Spiders were less gross yes, than the Yellow Claw. Yes, yeah. absolutely. That continues to be an uncomfortable thing. Even back then, it seems like it would have been uncomfortable. Like, it just seems late to be still doing that. Yeah. Uh, but meanwhile, the uh, Falcon and uh, Layla uh, conversationally face off against crime boss, the Morgan. <laughs> I've decided to call him the Morgan. <laughs> the Morgan. <laughs> because, like, you have the Kingpin, and sure. he's, like, a thing. Yep. But then you've just got, like... And the Morgan shows up a lot. Yeah, so, yeah. he's in it enough. He should have a superhero bad name, villain name. Yeah. Yeah. You got it. Yeah, it's great. My friend Morgan will love that. <laughs> <laughs> then in Captain America, uh, Captain Marvel 28... Uh, Jim Starlin carves out his own corner of the Marvel Universe with three with a three chapter difficult to summarize Odyssey featuring Garrity, the first unnamed appearance of I believe Ep- Epoch Ep- 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 or Eon, e- uh, the little like nugget, the space is nugget. Is that Eon? I think it's. I thought it was Eon. Is it I think, Eon? I think it is Eon. I think okay. Epoch is his offspring later oh, in okay. Quasar. So yeah. like a blind masked face on a glorpy thing, and then one big <laughs> yeah. red eye on the other yeah, side. That's it's like, all one big glorpy thing. Right. That looks like, like a melted planet a little yeah. bit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It looks like if ego got melted and some an eye grew out of it with like fungus. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. So this is the first appearance of. It looks like a Dark Souls boss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so we get that. Uh, we get Captain Marvel kind of leading the Avengers. Mm-hmm. We get the threat of the Cosmic Cube. We get the, of all people, the Controller's surprise return. Uh, Thanos and Drax psychedelically duel. Mm-hmm. And just the craziest splash page I've seen since Starenko. Yeah. yeah. That thing was bananas. Yep. That whole book I, I, I loved. And we'll get, we'll talk, you know, tangentially about it as we go forward in Oh, we're going to do like a whole episode on the episodes. Thanos Wars. Yeah. 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 Okay, yeah. cool. Because yeah. there's a lot of Thanos, and it's it's on brand. Yeah, right. Like, I can't <laughs> believe how right it was right away. Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, over in Daredevil number 103, all action issue. Daredevil, the Black Widow, and Spider-Man skip the misunderstanding-based fight and instead harmoniously team up to stop construction worker turned supervillain Ramrod. Ramrod. Yeah, this is a nice little issue. Like, yeah. they just did this thing it said on the cover and then we all moved on. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, well done, guys. Nothing super complicated. Nope. Uh, uh, Defenders number eight, the Red Ghost is hypnotizing Namor, Valkyrie, Hawkeye, and a cast of thousands <laughs> to carry out his and Atuma's plan to conquer the Earth, and only Hulk, the Silver Surfer, and Doctor Strange stand in their way. That was a, 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 a just totally bonkers. Yeah, issue. was that the Cosmic Rays one? Where, yeah, they blocked yes. the cosmic race so Red Ghost couldn't have his powers that he used to control the other minds. Yeah, and then yeah. there's a postscript in the end of that one that mm. leads into the Defenders portion yeah. of the Avengers Defenders War. Cool. Yeah. So cool. Red Ghost was also controlling a whole bunch of aquatic life, too. Yeah, yeah. right, right. So when every- we talk about the Avengers Defenders War, we got to get a good guest on for that. Maybe a couple good guests on for that. Yeah, that's yeah. going to be a lot. We're going to need it's a meaty chunk. We're going to yep. need some help. Yep. Um, over in Fantastic Four, number 138, the triumphant return and college graduation <laughs> of Wyatt Winkfoot leads to the FF uh, uh, going to finding out troubles brewing on the Kiwazi Reservation, where the Miracle Man, 
that miracle man from yeah. like fantastic four number three yeah uh is bringing mountains to life in a bad way uh this also features the horror of johnny storm's terrible new haircut oh which boy is basically he stops uh brushing his hair he, uh, he doesn't want to tight yeah. like an elvis do he needs right. it to be a little over the ears he was yeah. like upset that it was elvisy right like yeah, yeah. basically yeah yeah so just little, ben so- making fun of him preening was worth the whole book. yeah I agree. yeah totally it's very tender boy uh <laughs> in incredible hulk number 167 betty struggles to overcome her fury over the death of her husband and modok gets a big old kirby body to <laughs> inception betty against the hulk uh. This is a cute little body. That, yeah. was, that almost made the cut for getting into a oh, deep yeah. dive. Very yeah. close. There's a photo very finish close. on that one. Uh, Iron Man 62, the very magenta Whiplash returns to lash Iron Man with his whip <laughs> and also a shield. Uh, also, somehow Tony Stark is the only man in this book who's okay with the idea of wives in the workplace. Uh, and I think it's probably because he likes being surrounded by other people's wives. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah right. There's no way he's like on purpose on the right side of history. No, no. Yeah. This is totally coincidental. Um, and then in Jungle Action number six, an issue that we will certainly be talking about in an upcoming episode, uh, T'Challa returns to Wakanda to find that his absence triggered civil unrest and the rise of a rebel leader named Eric Killmonger, mm-hmm. who the Black Panther must overcome in order to regain his throne. Um, I know we'll talk more about this later, but it is striking how much from the first Black Panther movie comes from this. Yeah. Like these these first few issues. Uh, it, it's it's a it's a really seminal run of the of the story. And really, I would say the Panther coming into his own. Yeah. Yeah. The only thing missing was the technology of Wakanda. Right. Well, oddly he He Wakanda was huts and canoes and like, uh, they they just kept, they didn't, reference any technology but otherwise it felt yeah because he's like out into the bush like it made it clear that like what is the nation of wakanda and there's a map in the back of the book which is great but like all the technology is like in the center of wakanda but there are like all these outlying districts which is kind of i mean this is what we the the story will take him through yeah um, and it's going to really flesh out this whole world it's it's excellent any any book that has a map in the back uh, oh yeah yeah. or the front Yeah. yeah I was like, I was super worried about that title. Like, I mean, literally the title of Jungle yeah, Action. Is, I was like, is, is this terrible. okay? Like, <laughs> yeah. I don't feel like that. But I looked it up and realized they're like taking back a lot of stuff in, yes. a, in a cool way. Yep. It's like a reclamation project. It is. Uh, so yeah, over in Marvel Team Up 13, Captain America and Spider-Man get stoned while following the trail of AIM all the way to the stone-called body toucher, the Grey Gargoyle. <laughs> I like how they both get stoned and they both shake it off. Yeah, um, it just so and there's, there's no explanations really other than like I guess Spider-Man can shake off the gray gargoyle and oh. Cap has that viper venom venom thing. going through him. Yeah, yeah. serum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Poor gray gargoyle. Uh, he just can't catch a break. <laughs> he does suck. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he also does wind up destroying all of Paris at one point. Oh yeah, so, I yeah. can't read anything with of with him without thinking of that. Yeah, I know. That's fraction, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. All right, awesome. We, 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 we. Over in Submariner, uh, the now savage Submariner. Did you catch that in the title? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what Stan Lee wanted to do with the Silver Surfer after Jack Kirby's episode, his issue there. Like the the last issue of Silver Surfer uh, has it's done by Kirby, and it, it has him like losing his mind and like, well, I'm gonna make this world pay, become a and villain. Then, yeah, yeah, and then Kirby leaves Marvel. Huh. Uh, but the, like. 
making taking a character who's not succeeding and then like adding savage to him <laughs> yes. is like Stan's move. <laughs> so yeah, a recipe for so this should work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it doesn't really save Submariner either. I think we're seven issues away from the end of this. Oh man. Uh, yeah. I, 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 whatever. Um, <laughs> so the now savage Submariner, he must fight alone against the she beast who is the ruler of a strange dimension that might be underwater. I think it's underwater. They're like orange underwater people. They do mention they, they live underwater mm-hmm. when they first okay. encounter them. But the you can never see any water. A little inconsistent yeah. in that regard. Yeah. yeah. There's like not... bubbles occasionally. <laughs> but yeah. people are like falling. Yeah. 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 Right. They're just walking around. There's fire hydrants. No, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's smoking. That's what I always want to see. A lot of cigars in this uh, underwater dimension. Uh, for Thor 2715, uh, Asgardians Odin, Thor, two-thirds of the Warriors 3, Hildegard, Tana Nile, the fourth dimensional man, and the, the sea, sea captain, captain. <laughs> uh, continue to fight with just three guys who used to be space miners. Uh, and they're trying to rescue Sif and Carnilla from being digested by a living jewel that used to be a planet with a shield. Yep. Yeah. It uh, is just a word salad mishmash. I felt of... like I accidentally had psilocybin yeah. as it when I, and not in a good way either. Like I was yeah. just like something's wrong. Like, something's really wrong. Like against your will. Yeah. yeah. There's just the cast is so huge and the threat is so minimal or like vague or yeah, this one's really getting away from them. It, just yeah. each issue it seems to like drift further from Yeah. There's no core to that book anymore. No. Uh, anyway, that's what some of what was happening in June of 1973. We're going to take a quick break. When we return, we'll dive into some of the Marvel comics of June 1973 right here on Marvel by the Month. Hey everyone, every episode of Marvel by the Month is brought to you by our Patreon supporters who pledge their support to us at patreon.com slash month. It's only four bucks a month, and our Patreon supporters get access to a bonus feed of over 80 extended and exclusive episodes, including an extended version of this one. What's an extended episode? I'm glad you asked. (laughs) All of our episodes from the last three seasons have Patreon-exclusive extended versions with between 15 minutes and more than an hour of additional audio. That means more issues, deeper dives, and longer conversations with some of our favorite guests. I listen to the extended Michael Giacchino episode every night as I'm falling asleep so that I have good dreams. (laughs) I do set it at one quarter speed and everyone sounds like a monster. You don't have to do that (laughs) unless you really want to. Look, once you have your subscription, you can do whatever the heck you want with the bonus feed. Uh, It is only available, though, as long as you're an active Patreon member. We're getting a little off track. Here's what you need to know. Head to patreon.com slash Marvel by the month and support the show for just four bucks a month. You'll be helping to keep the show going and you'll also get to hear even more of your favorite guests and us. And hopefully that's a thing you want. Uh, seriously, thank you so much to all of you who have already shown your support. Uh, and if you haven't yet, what are you waiting for? Just go do it. You can do it right now. Uh, patreon.com slash Marvel by the month. Do it, do it, do it. Welcome back to Marvel by the Month. I will be taking us through Marvel Premiere 8 through 10, actually. So uh, we have a nice little arc here. Yeah. A pretty, pretty momentous occasion. Strap in. Yeah. All right. So the first one is uh, number eight, The Doom That Bloomed on Cthulhu. 
How sure. do you feel about that? I think it's Catholic? basic. It's just I think it's Cthulhu because it makes it like sound Cthulhu. like Cthulhu. Yeah. Because every like the so this is the end of Gardner Fox's run, um, where like for the previous six issues, it's all been like store brand Cthulhu yes, stuff. Right. So that yeah. Sugaroth and yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, so yeah, as you said, this was written by Gardner Fox, art by Jim Starlin, Frank Giacoya, and Dave Hunt. Letters by Gene Izzo, Izzo. Uh, colors by Petra Goldberg. So to sum up the important bits from the last issue, Strange, Clea, Wong, and two NPCs are trapped <laughs> in, in a magic house that's haunted by Shumagaroth. Is that how we're saying yep. that? Okay. Uh, who seems to have just an unending amount of heralds. It yeah. just herald after yes. herald after herald. There's like, a boss at every level, and there's lots of levels. Yeah, yeah. and I yeah. believe Shumagrath is something from the Robert Howard mythos, like the Conan. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, I think Which so. Which is sort of Lovecraftian-inspired. Yes. Yeah. Again, it's like okay. store-brand Lovecraft. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so so this magic house, uh, magic attacks them. Uh, so Strange, what he does is he magic attacks the magic house back ah. for a bit until Strange must then call on even more magic to reduce the magic house to presumably magic bricks. Yes, <laughs> that's basically it. Yeah, all right. So that was like six pages right <laughs> yeah, there. It's, wow. It's, it's yeah. a house fight. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Summary. Yeah, it uh, is. I was surprised to see that Strange could call down lightning to destroy a freaking castle yeah well not him right he's calling on other stuff at this point i mean it's it's his he knows he knows all the the names to say yeah yeah he's networking yeah he yells shazam and (laughs) bazoom yeah he's he's calling them eternal vishanties right yeah left and right yeah so after this battle he flies off to follow the map he taken from nagabathoth uh which we (laughs) obviously all remember who could forget nagabathoth Nagabathoth. yeah Um, yeah the Shambler from the Sea? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, who does? MCU, here we come. I like the little bubble that said, remember this from Shambler from the Sea, don't you, True Believer? And I was like, you know what? No. Nope, no, I don't. I don't. Not Honestly. even uh, close. Yeah, look at look at this rogue gallery. We got Dagoth the Seaborn, Sligath, Nagabthoth, the Shambler from the Sea, <laughs> Ebora, who could forget Ebora, Dark Priestess of Evil. <laughs> uh, Sligath, I rem- remembered, because he looks like the Snake Lord from Conan, you know? He yeah, looks like right, which is right. James thing. Earl Jones' character in Conan the Barbarian yeah, the movie. which is yeah. another, uh, I mean, I think all of these, I don't know, I'm going to get myself in trouble because I don't know the mythos all that well, but I think all of these characters are drawn from the Robert Howard yeah. estate, so huh. like they're, they're either like Cull- they were interested in Cull or they're interested in Conan. Um, but this winds up kind of creating a problem down the road when Marvel no longer has the license to Ooh. the Robert Howard stuff. So if you remember in the, the latest Doctor Strange movie, they fight the big tentacle beast at the beginning of it, which is supposed to be Shumagorath. Right. But they call it like Miles or something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. They call oh, there's it, Teddy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So, I mean, they, they they've had to kind of work around some of this history here, which kind of sucks because this is sort of a defining Doctor Strange story. Yeah. Um, so they have to like... But they now can't, mostly can't touch. They mostly can't touch And it, it works yeah. so well with the, like, Cole and Conan. Yeah. W- that's happening simultaneously yes. that we don't cover a lot of here, mm. but they are dealing with things uh, millennia before oh, these. That'd and, be neat. And if they these were... characters' names and the... You know, like the what's his Sligith mm-hmm. and the followers of Sligith are 
people that Cole was fighting. They are I the think, lizard people yeah. that Cole winds up fighting in yeah. like issue oh. two, the one that we talked about with uh, Paul Levitz. Yeah. Whoa! So yeah. those are in conversation with each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's cool. there is total overlap in those barbarians and Doctor Strange and huh. and all of the the Howard Estate stuff. But Whoa. it's like yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Um, do you remember recently uh, Ant Man had a uh, Rogues Gallery page? <laughs> you know, yeah, where yeah. he was in it. He was his own. <laughs> he was his own enemy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it was just kind of fun to compare and contrast the two Rogues yeah. Gallery. Like, pages. Egghead, yeah. yellow jacket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. I do think it is Goliath. Cool. Like, I mean, it, as, as silly as some of the stuff is in Doctor Strange, like, it is kind of cool to see. Like, Gardner Fox did a great job of breaking him out of the cycle where it's like, Mordo, Dormammu, Nightmare. Mordo, yeah, Dormammu, Nightmare. Yeah, that's very true. Um, where he just introduced all these other you know characters. Um, yeah, it's it was bananas, but it was new. It was yeah, new yeah. bananas. Yeah, bananas and, and it did work. escalate because it's like it started out with basically, I mean, his adaptation of what was essentially Shadow over Innsmouth, um, mm-hmm. where he goes to like the town, the town. Of, of the the fish the people. Fish people, yeah. And but then it, it like escalates and escalates and escalates until you get what we are now talking about with this giant climax at the end of the but story. That, right. That's so. the other thing is shadow over Innsmouth is total Lovecraft. And then it's blended with the, you know, all of the mythos that yeah. has been, uh, you know, whatever. Marvelized. Yeah. Kind of. Like the, like chopped the and serial screwed. numbers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yep. So huh. the going back to the source material, referencing it, but not fully referencing yeah. it. And then, mm-hmm. and then this thing being called Cuth. Cthulhu's. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I see what, uh, I see what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> Huh. Uh, yeah. So, so uh, after all that, like I said, he's uh, he, at some point he got that map from Nagathop, Nagathoth, Narlathotep, and he's getting called to Stonehenge. This is where where Judy calls. He thinks something's going to happen there. Mm-hmm. Oh, where the druids dwell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, classic where the demons dwell. <laughs> where the banshees live and they do live well. <laughs> oh, I want to. I think we should just find the song and play it right there. <laughs> Uh, right, so we talked about uh, the Heralds, so we've seen them. Uh, Strange mentioned some other forces he could call out to if he needs to, and we get some recent event recaps. Uh, he, you could mistake this for filler. Like, if this was in any other comic, it mm-hmm. would be filler. But I think the story they're telling, or that Gar- Gardner Fox is telling, is mm-hmm. now so many issues long yeah. that the recap actually like kind of makes some amount of sense. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you need it. Yeah. <laughs> Desperately. Yeah. This <laughs> is, we're story dense. Yeah. We're story dense, and this is like so many things have happened it's this isn't the saga of naga with no. uh, the submariner yeah. where it's like the one thing happened for way too long right it's a lot of things have happened and some of them were pretty interesting yeah at least visually yeah mm-hmm. and now it, we don't even know why crazy town is happening unless you tell us what happened yeah. before otherwise yeah. it's just uh, impenetrable yeah. <laughs> yeah so uh he gets the stonehenge where are these Gold-skinned, loincloth-wearing, sword-wielding demons uh, attack Strange at um, at, at Stonehenge until he kind of Kirby dots them away. Yeah, it's so metal. It's mm-hmm. very metal. Um, the stars then align with the Henge to open a doorway uh, that Strange ends up getting sucked through space-time to a living alien world that immediately attacks him. And I love the way the star... So he just sees this bright star in the sky, it tr- and then it, like, it goes down and down and down, and then he's looking at it through the arch of one of the stones yeah. and then like when it is in position the doorway opens it's a really neat effect it's and like a se- sequential art moment yeah you know? yep and that star that it's a four-pointed star with a circle 
around it, it, that is a Jim Starlin thing. A thousand percent. It is everywhere yeah. in everything that Jim Starlin does, as much yeah. as skulls. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, it actually is like the star brand. Logo. I was going to say, yeah, it looks it like the star brand. Yeah. star yeah. brand's brand. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, there, I, I kind of breezed over it, but his transition into this planet or dimension or whatever is like. Oh, it's Ditko to the nines. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And like the transition from Ditko to Starlin is a fun thing to pay attention to. Yes. And I didn't know that I knew both those things until basically now. Yeah. 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 Welcome so, to welcome and, to hell. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the, that's the thing. Like I think um, like Starlin obviously was super influenced by Kirby. You can see that in a lot of his work, but mm. there's a strong Ditko influence in yes. there too. Like, and you see that a lot in that. Uh, Captain Marvel story that we were talking about earlier which we will cover in greater detail in a future episode where like the abstraction and the psychedelia of it all yeah yeah Um, so yeah so he's here now on this crazy planet dimension Uh, this is Cthulhu's of the eternal lives oh Uh, crap I need to I need to interrupt yeah yeah bring it I forgot I I sent you guys this message when I was reading this earlier but what's it? Oh, oh, this right, right, this right. was a it's a total aside uh-huh. that Brian will cut or not. <laughs> but I was I was a little bit high on edibles <laughs> and I was reading this very issue and was reminded that Stonehenge is on the Salisbury Plain. And I wasted at least five minutes trying to find out if the hamburger steak from TV dinners was named for that because it's shaped like a, a stone from ye old henge. Yeah, sure. And it's not. It's just some really? chump doctor named Salisbury that made that steak out of hamburger meat. This basically. is how a pescatarian thinks about Salisbury steak. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest meat ever brought to mankind. And then I told you guys to not do drugs because yep. I need all the drugs yep. and don't want you hogging them. Yep. And that was our uh, little aside. Sorry. Nice. No, yeah. no, no. That was great. Uh, right. So so this is, uh, what are we? Uh, Cthulhu's. Cthulhu's of the eternal lives. Yes. We'll see about uh, how eternal those, uh, those lives are. Um, <laughs> like, you know, what, eight pages? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't, uh, I thought we were going to, after Sligeth and uh, everybody else, Nagabatapan, I thought for sure we were going to see some unfathomably eyeball tentacle laden oh, mass of right. like a Cthulhu uh, yeah some level. monster that was just going to make me have nightmares forever no, but no so, he, he's, 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 a, he's a bald guy cosplaying as a piranha plant yeah. right <laughs> it's a bald guy head in the middle of oh. feed me Seymour right yeah. it's Audrey 2 it's yeah. Audrey it's yeah. Audrey 2 uh, if Audrey 2 had instead of a tongue had a black void yep and they were had with a little bald headed man <laughs> inside. Blue, just the head. Yeah, just the blue bald headed. So it was yeah. it was still puzzling. And of course, as I said, I was doing drugs at the time when <laughs> yeah. I read this, but uh I still was like, ah, oh, dang. Yeah. You know, it, I yeah. I could absolutely see this in like some sort of like uh PBS BBC theatrical production <laughs> from 1970. Literally, it, yeah. it would just be like right. a guy in a black turtleneck, sure, yeah. with his head painted blue, mm-hmm. like inside of a, a plant costume. Yeah. It's an early Doctor Who villain, right? Sure. They yeah. were like, "But how are we going to do this in real life?" And they're like, well, "Don't worry about it. We'll we've <laughs> no worry. We'll, we'll design really around villain. That. <laughs> That'll never happen. Right. <laughs> we'll the budget will eliminate the possibility of that <laughs> just from the jump. Yeah." <laughs> So uh, this Joker, he, he's a living planet, uh, but not that living planet. He's no. a different living planet. Yep. 
Uh, and because he's the planet, he decides that magic will not work here. So Strange is now susceptible to strangulation from living vines and then hypnotism uh, by Cthulhu's. So Cthulhu's is going to absorb Strange into himself through a very cosmic looking um, psychic symbiosis. Um, I believe that we get some more Starling-y stuff or mm-hmm. um, yeah, very kind of trippy approach. Uh, and then Strange merges with him only long enough to beat the system. So he like gets in, I don't know, short circuits or whatever. And then um, this allows him to use magic. So he hurls magic at him until Cthulhu uh, shrinks, withers, and then dies, which is great because Strange has won, but now he's completely stranded in this planet dimension situation. And the planet becomes barren of all life because he's killed Cthulhu, it, which was the which life was, of the yeah, planet. Yeah, it shriveled it up. We yeah. also get like... He galactus him. Yeah. There is a bit of... Uh, you could maybe call it over explanation on the top of the last page, like a 5,000 words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it is very reminiscent of, I, was it Captain Marvel recently where it's Captain Marvel's head floating in a white space, <laughs> yes. with just like a blurs around. Yeah. 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 It is that only like the head has a background this time. Yep. Um, but it's beautiful and stunning despite that. Yes. So that's where we end issue eight. I can't wait for you to pronounce the title of issue nine. <laughs> uh, interestingly, uh, this issue uh, is has been at my parents' house in the room my kid sleeps in uh, for like two years. This Marvel Premium Nine, yeah, just, really, just sitting there on the shelf. I guess my dad got it somewhere, and Whoa. I keep meaning to take it home, but don't want to get it like banged up in all the luggage. Sure, yeah. yeah. So this, uh, as I said, Marvel Premier Number Nine, uh, the Crips of Ku. I'm going with Ku. Caillou. 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 There's two A's. I mean, there's not a lot to yeah. it. Two A's. A high K A A dash U. Caillou was my safety school, but I wound up not needing to attend because I got into the one I actually wanted to go to. The Caillou Crows. Yeah. Uh, so this this issue is written by a friend of the podcast, Steve Englehart. Yeah, taking over Doctor Strange. Heck yeah. yeah. Uh, art by Frank Berner and Ernie Chow. Uh, letters by John Costanza. Colors by David Hunt. And I'm just going to shout this out right now. I love Frank Brenner's art on yeah. Doctor Strange. Has, Has he been around? He's been around a little bit, but this is... This is where he really makes his name at Marvel. Yeah, he's, yep. he's been kind of doing things here and there, but has now kicked down the door. Yeah, the yeah. Engelhart Brenner team, they wind up, I think the, it's the story arc that goes immediately after this is wild. Get out of town, really? Yeah, yeah. Huh. We I do get a little the... uh, a blurb right at the top of the page on this splash page. Ten years ago this month, Stan Lee and Steve Ditko created... Doctor Strange, oh. Master of the Mystic Arts, yeah. which is half, rare. That's half true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Especially with Doctor Strange, like yeah. Stan Lee scripted and Steve Ditko created. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. Yep. Um, so we're picking up basically more or less right where we left off. Strange is trying to return to Earth in case Shumagroth arrives to lay waste to the cosmos. Um, kind of long story short, he heads to the planet's weakest points to blow it up. This goes great and very triply until. Many panels, panels later, he encounters an orange monster with horns, which quickly vanishes for no reason. <laughs> yeah. With, is that, that all making sense? Yeah. And this monster is the size of what you would have expected Cthulhu's would have been. Right. Yeah. Uh, he holds Strange in his in his grip, right? At some point. Like, yeah. He's, he's that he's, big. He's not a Venus flytrap with a bald <laughs> guy's head in the middle. Yeah. Right. 
Now, he, Strange makes reference to, he says, the Ancient One and I wrestled uh, its hellborn power away from it during three days and nights of necromantic combat years ago. Are we supposed to recognize this? I don't think we are. Is no. this, this is just like previously in Doctor Strange. You yeah, know? like alluding to a thing that never happened on panel? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Because okay. yeah. Roy Thomas would have annotated that. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, someone would have put an asterisk in there. Which is fine. I'm like... it. it Go ahead and talk about things that happened off panel. Yeah, we love mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Bring it on. Um, he then briefly encounters himself crucified. I bring this up not because it's important to the story, because it is absolutely not. Uh, <laughs> but this becomes a staple of Jim Starlin stories. Mm. Yeah. I, Warlock has been crucified a thousand times. Yeah, and yeah. Jim Starlin has nothing to do with the story. It's so weird yeah. that it would have happened. And he did the last one. Yeah. Is he, does he do the next one too? No. Weird. It's Brunner from now on. Very yeah. strange. Yeah. I feel like Starlin must have plotted something too that it just feels like it's possible oh, there were some some script notes that got yeah, passed yeah because yeah. yeah. this re- is a you know this is one ongoing story so mm-hmm. yeah. i could see uh well and they were pals too i mean all these guys were hanging out at this point right like i mean there, there's interviews with Engelhart where he's talking about like him and starlin eating acid and walking through the streets of new york together yeah uh, so, so who knows who yeah. said what to who or whispered what to who while they were sleeping exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> um all right, so so we've seen the 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 orange monster of vagueness. We've seen uh, strange crucifixed. Up next, uh, we just get a voice coming from a gap in all this trippiness. Uh, it says a series of ominous and cryptic things. Yeah, with black word bubbles with white text, so you know it's yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah, right, right. First time uh, Sandman word bubbles. Totally, show it up. looks exactly like Sandman. Yep. Uh, strange. At this point, he realizes he can use the eye of Agamotto to navigate to Earth. Um, probably should have occurred to him a bit before uh <laughs> but anyway so he's going to do that now um and he's going to do this uh be- so that he can rescue the ancient one yeah which we've done just recently right mm-hmm. yeah well he got kidnapped a few issues ago um he's real frail he's very yeah, frail. yeah, yeah he's, he's very vulnerable himself. okay yep so then we cut back to stonehenge where clea tells wong that she feels whole again like in her home dimension um and that she senses strange is in the middle of a struggle or something like that uh, she hasn't really been doing much in a while, and I was wondering if this is like the beginning of her becoming a something, something, <laughs> yeah, anything, not just a cipher. Yeah, uh, we live in hope. Character. Yeah. yeah. Um, four days later, Strange <laughs> arrives on Earth at the crypts of Kaya. I'm just going to pronounce <laughs> it differently every time. Uh, he's hot on the trail of Shumagroth at this point, and he won't let himself rest or eat. It's already. He was traveling days. for four days. He's just been pooping in space for four days. <laughs> he had lambus bread. <laughs> That's great. It just made me wonder if maybe this whole thing, he's just tripping out like the whole time and none of this it's is possibly <laughs> Dr. Strange has never actually had an adventure. Right. He's in his attic with a weird window. Yeah, and he's just like, like bummed out about his hands being yeah. all messed up. <laughs> so then he encounters uh, my favorite Dr. Strange reoccurring character, the living Buddha. Oh my God. Who at this point, <laughs> he's now uh, the Lord of this, uh, the crypt. And he only wants to help, uh, which is the opposite of how murdery he was last time we saw the living Buddha. Yeah. Is this, he says he wants to help. Yeah. Is this the most disrespectful treatment of another <laughs> religion? Oh my God. Yeah. You're totally right. I didn't, didn't even occur to me. Yes. yes. A yeah. thousand percent. Yes. If they, if they called wow. him the living Jesus, it would definitely have pissed a lot. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, throw Muhammad in there. You're going to yeah. piss a lot. Yeah. yeah. Letters yeah. At, at, at minimum. It is wild. So yeah. the living, the now helpful living Buddha, he tells Strange, uh, look, all you got to do, you or somehow, 
You have to open a portal, which is behind this locked door to rescue the ancient one. I don't know how you're going to do it. It's going to be super tough. And then Strange immediately does this with no problems <laughs> whatsoever. He just throws up the horns. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <Boop. laughs> He's got like a car, like a car unlocker button. Yeah. Like, boop, boop, boop. Boop. yeah. All right. It's open. Cool. And he goes. Uh, he finds and then cradles a very skeletal looking ancient one. And he wakes him up. Even more skeletal than usual. Yeah, which yeah. is like kind of saying a lot. He's yeah. Yeah, nearing skeletal. I mean, he, so. he looks rougher than Aunt May. Yeah. <laughs> which, he is, as we all know, is <laughs> saying a lot. His skin is rougher thin. The, yeah. the other yeah. immortal lich of the Marvel Universe. <laughs> <laughs> the two of them are neck and neck. For... <laughs> They've both lived for at least 7,000 years. <laughs> so the Ancient One explains that he was being held by the Shadow Men. Uh, he's destined to die and feels fine about that. He's very much at peace with it. He's so in in at peace with it that he's like been fasting in order to sp- accelerate his death. Yeah, he's Gandhiing this thing. Yeah, yeah. He's but super, not in protest. Just super to, excited to die. Yeah, can't wait. Can't yeah. wait. Um, Heard that, great things about it. Yeah. <laughs> he really. The Yelp reviews are amazing. I'm trying to find the, the amount of time, but at some point, I think we'll get there. He says how long he's been alive. Yes, which is like a. It's like an Anne Rice vampire that's like, I'm tired of this. Yeah. yeah I'm just going to walk into the for? sun. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You've got that blue outfit. Everything's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, at this point, the like bafflingly motivated living Buddha orders <laughs> a literal giant drain plug lifted <laughs> so that the shadow men may, na- may be unleashed to kill Dr. Strange. Yeah. And they're just like gremlin demon goopy green guys. Right. And so yeah. uh, the living Buddha has two classes of people helping him. Yeah. There's the shadow men under the plug and then whoever is above. Yeah. It's just like there's a living Buddha spinoff just waiting to happen. Like it just, <laughs> what is this guy up That's to? It's going to be no. a Netflix series. <laughs> no. We, no, Marvel, don't. Please don't do it. I think Kevin, Kevin, Kevin Feige's instincts will tell him no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no. Uh, so the Ancient One reveals that this crypt is where the Ancient Ones go to die. Um, and that uh, Strange shouldn't be here. Because this is a matter between himself and Shumagarath. Uh, I feel like Shumagarath is supposed to have been asleep for a long time. Uh, we don't have to. It's fine. But yeah. the, the rules are a little fuzzy here. Yes. But he's indicating that there's like a personal thing between the two of them and it has nothing to do with Strange. Yeah. Great looking crypt though. Great looking crypt. Nice crypt. Bones everywhere. Yep. Um, the Shadow Men then attack. Strange is floundering. He can't He can't handle these people. Possibly because he hasn't eaten in four days. Um <laughs> The ancient one says he wants to help. He would really like to help, but he can't help, uh, but that he has to help, but that this is just what Shumagarath wants. This is the situation that he spent all these issues engineering to happen. So yeah. that something. So he's just, he's just like, Steven, you're, you're just, you know, the trap is, is being like, yes, this is, this is, the this thing. is the trap. Yeah. 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 Uh, but then he can't help it. The ancient one attacks anyway to save strange. And then crazy laughter comes from nowhere and the shadow men run off announcing that the Supreme one is finally here Mm -hmm. as the ancient one lays dying. He admits that his mind has been spread water thin, not wafer thin, water thin (laughs) across countless galaxies. And that if he hadn't saved strange, he would have had the energy to just die without the barriers of whatever weakening uh, and letting Shuma Garoth through. Right. But now all bets are off. Yes. At this point, Shumagratha's voice comes from the Ancient One, claiming that it was the Ancient One's mind who created him, and now he is free. Yes. Whoa. Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right. That's the end of issue nine. Yes. Issue 10, 
Finally, <laughs> Shumagarath. <laughs> hilarious. That is a hilarious title. <laughs> uh, this is Marvel Premiere 10, written by Steve Englehart, art by Frank Bruner, and Krusty Bunkers. Are we familiar with the Krusty Bunkers? I am personally not. Uh, well, uh, it, it is, uh, it's a collective pseudonym of uh, comic book inkers. Um, oh. And they were all basically directly or indirectly involved with uh, Neil Adams' studio, Continuity Studios. Oh. And so he just had like, these are folks who, um, he would have them on like commercial art jobs. Um, but when comic book companies needed an issue to be inked, in like 36 hours oh you assemble the team they would give it to neil and he would turn it around and he'd have like this is like vince coletta but more organized and neil doesn't put his name on it yes exactly the singing sons of the crusty bunkers yeah it's it's really funny like if you uh if you look up like who was uh, a crusty bunker at one time or another it's like a who's who of uh, Everyone like, hey. moving forward. I yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm just going to read a couple names yeah, off here. Uh, so we got uh, Jack Abel was one. Terry Austin was one at one Whoa. point. Um, Frank Brunner, Rich Buckler, Howard Chaikin. Oh, my gosh. Dave Cockrum. What? Uh, Dennis Cowan. Englehart <laughs> uh, <laughs> was a crusty bunker. <gasps> no way. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Claus Jansen, Alan Kupperberg, um, Al Milgram. Yeah, like so many, so many oh my folks. God. Yeah. Bernie Wrightson was at a crusty bunker at one point. So, Whoa. Yeah, they're just cool all fraternity. Pe- yeah, they're yeah. all people that 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 uh they knew neil um and or were apprenticed to neil or working with neil and yeah pick Join up 20 crew. bucks for ink in a couple yeah. pages exactly yeah. yeah we should do that for podcasts we should be like the the podcast crusties or whatever <laughs> crusty, <laughs> we should have them we don't oh yeah yeah yeah, 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 more, yeah. yeah. so That'd just like somebody's voice says three sentences <laughs> and then somebody else's voice says another three sentences <laughs> yeah and then i'll edit it all together right, and it'll right, definitely yeah. save you a lot of time <laughs> 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 and then the podcast will end abruptly <laughs> take my headphones off throw them down i'm out <laughs> Uh, so anyway, <laughs> continuing with the credits, <laughs> two hours later, you know, let's talk about Jack Abel, you know, uh, that story f- from, uh, Chiquino, Chiquino, yeah. his dad knew Jack Abel. Yeah. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Okay. Let's really do this. Uh, uh, all right. So we got the Krusty Bunkers, uh, letters by John Costanza, uh, colors by Frank Bruner. So, uh, kicking off this issue, similar to where we left off with, uh, Shu McGrath, who, just for those visual learners, uh, he looks like the floating head of Ben Kingsley, uh, Ben Kingsley, <laughs> and he's basically uh, the Ancient One's onslaught. If I can, is that kind of yeah, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. He's like yeah, evil... he looks like the Ben Kingsley Mandarin. Yeah, 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 right, yeah. yeah, yeah. But he he is he has taken over. He has assumed control of the Ancient One's power. Right. Uh, he's, it, and he's the dark expression of that. Yeah, know, yeah. I he, might be headcanning some some of that. No, but I, I mean he, like he, the Ancient One is basically the doorway through which he's coming through. So, yeah. but they're not intrinsically are they part of the same thing like no they're not the same thing but they mm. are like ancient rivals yeah okay it's not a sentinel thing but uh yeah uh, it's like a palpatine uh yoda Yoda dynamic yeah he's maybe (laughs) if palpatine came through yoda right right okay uh, so, uh, strange, he's uh, at first feeling confident about this. So Shumagarath tells him he pitches kind of a, the magic version of days of future past where yeah. it's <laughs> like a dark future where everything sucks and because of magic and, and he thinks it's awesome for some reason, yeah. Yeah. Right. like sucky things. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. 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 There's no plumbing. Ah. <laughs> um, so the, then they, they, they magic at each other a little bit until strange strategically enters the ancient one's brain. 
Um, and he finds the Ancient One's mental image of Strange and merges with it. Mm-hmm. This, was this the crucified Strange that he saw earlier? I assume I think so. so. Yeah. Okay. I assume that's why they set that up. Okay. Yeah, this is, this is so, it got trippier, this issue. Yeah, by it, far. it steps up. And awesome. what's wild is like, so all the, the early pages where, um, you know, Brenner's illustrating this this magical duel between uh, Shumagoroth and Doctor Strange, all the panels are very angular, there's triangular panels, there's like trapezoidal panels and stuff like that. As soon as this is over, it goes back to very regular boxes. Right, right. Which is so such cool. a good trick. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, this is immensely psychedelic. Yeah. Um, this, the, describe, this is one of those ones that describing the story is like, it's fine, but it, you're not yeah, getting the, that's not the point. Of yes. We haven't talked yeah. about the multicolored elongated Easter eggs stream yeah. <laughs> that right. s- he flies along that happened last issue too. Right, right, yeah, right. Yeah. Like, Which is also a Starlin-y thing that, yeah. that comes mm-hmm. up. Uh, so anyway, uh, Shumagoth attacks, uh, strange. He, uh, this causes all sorts of distortion and also eyeballs. Yeah. Uh, you, you were seeing eyeballs from now on. Yep. Goopy. Because Ditko. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so now Strange is kind of, I can't remember what movie. Uh, he's like, he's traveling through the Ancient One's mind. Yeah. And he encounters uh, Dormammu. Uh, but as I said, it's only the memory. So instead of fighting him, Strange just goes down a hole. Uh, I, I assume the point of this journey is like he's figuring things out along the way. Like each yeah. villain kind of teaches him something. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much that comes across on the page exactly, but like you, you get it. You, you know. Yeah. Was it your first time reading a comic? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it feels like a pretty awesome video game. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. It, but it does feel like Strange is kind of he, he's learning how to navigate the rules of this magical combat right yeah for, for reasons I guess. which is also pretty cool because we haven't seen that a lot with strange like because it's always sort of like well i've got just a green blasting blast. array <laughs> yeah, <of it>. yeah. <laughs> right, so this right. is what it actually feels like to be like you're dropped into something you cannot understand right. and your job is to slowly understand it to figure yeah. it out and it uh, feels very disorienting but it gradually becomes less disorienting as yeah. he figures out how things are working I wonder if the panels do start to order differently, like if it mm. progressively rather than. Yeah. Uh, so meanwhile, while Strange is on this sort of internal journey. Uh, of his rogues gallery. Yeah. Kind of. yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right. He, um, the living Buddha out in the real world Gosh. and the shadow men, they're observing that the age of Shumagarath uh, should have already started. And so they realize Strange must be up to something. Uh, also, like an even more insulting image of the living Buddha, like just being like he's like sitting uh cross-legged on a platform that's being carried by his shadow man slaves yeah Um, it's but it's just like it's grotesque right like it's really grotesque and like you can call this character anything else but you call it the living buddha yeah and it does not and also work for for even people who who don't like even follow any like at this point in history, any Eastern religion, yeah. like they still, the living Buddha, they still would recognize Buddha as not a bad thing necessarily. <laughs> right. yeah. So like there's no, it's not like the evil Buddha or the dark Buddha or the negative Buddha. Or yeah. something. Like you add anything to it to make it a villain. But yeah. otherwise it's just like, it's the Buddha, everybody. Yeah. He's bad. It's like, the, it's like yeah, they, I mean, they they just they have this vi- this magical villain character who looks like like a fat bald Asian guy. And they're like, let's call him the Living Buddha. It's like, let's not, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah and like all the 
Yeah, although like, because originally there was some Christianity like uh, vapors around Doctor sure. Strange a little bit, but that yeah. seems to have melted off kind of a long time ago. Yeah, except for this recent crucifixion. Thing. <laughs> sure, I did say that mere moments ago. Now that you mention it, that does ring a bell. I mean, he did start out as a black magician, um, and I, I I want that Doctor Strange. Back. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, I mean, maybe religion is bad and that's the point. Like, that's, maybe that's what they're saying with the living Buddha. <laughs> maybe, but yeah. yeah I mean, you, there's, there's, there's uh, richer targets to pick. There are, yeah, more fertile grounds for yeah, that argument. Big case to be made for mysticism within these, yeah, this right. comic. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is a weird, a weird stance. Um, so anyway, back in the brain, Strange realizes he's been, t- uh, he encounters Nightmare and he realizes that Nightmare is toying with him. And this kind of fuels another burst of confidence. Which I guess if you're a magic guy, that's like tremendously helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, at this point, he encounters Shumagarath's true form. Oh, I love it. This is the purple tentacle-eyed monster. One um, big eye. It's the thing from the Doctor Strange movie. Yeah. yeah. Did they they yeah. really don't call him that in the no, movie? No, they don't. Wow. Yeah, they call it something else. Huh. That's interesting. Yep. Um, just the existence of this guy waking up, and, or this thing, being alive. Uh, it's giving headaches to the mystics around the globe. Mm-hmm. And I man, I flip and love that. Every I'm a time, sucker for that. Yeah, yeah. you know, you you cut to like Spider Man, his senses are going off. Right. You know, like Jean Grey's in agony somewhere. Yeah, right. else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Captain Britain or like someone in Excalibur is like, yeah. oh, you know, Obi Wan Kenobi senses the death. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Alderaan. Yeah, yeah. The the like montage in a in a basically one panel of everyone. I, I always love that. If you ever wanted to surprise me with a piece of original art, if you could get me this page here <laughs> of the first appearance of Shuma Garas, <laughs> true form, like the page 12 of this issue, I would be over the moon. <laughs> I mean, I could draw you one, but no, I can't get you I want you Frank it. Brunner to do it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay. <laughs> I suck. I know. <laughs> um, so Strange, he battles the tentacles a bit. He realizes that the only way he's going to win this is uh, and get past Shuma Garas is actually to kill the Ancient One. Yeah. So he finds his way to the Ancient One's ego. Uh, this is a white rectangle surrounded by a pink energy ribbon on uh, like a yellow sort of faintly Kirby dotted background. Mm-hmm. Again, like this screams Starlin to me. But, like, I didn't, honestly, this is not an opinion I knew I had until this issue. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's all the stuff that he does. I, I'm yeah. shocked that. I think it's all coming out of the same tradition. I think it's it's coming it's out all of coming like, from the, the Ditkoe yeah. tradition. But it's like uh, Starlin was obviously hugely influential with what he was doing at the time, and Brunner is picking up very much in that same vein. Um, but he's doing things like Neil Adams. He's doing things like Kirby. He's yeah. Doing all these like guys Ditko. are communicating with each other, yeah. either directly or indirectly. Right. You know. So or, uh, sexually, probably. You, know, <laughs> you, was, you assume, right? <laughs> well, he's just <laughs> he just alleged something there. <laughs> I'm just saying the quiet part out loud. <laughs> they're dropping acid. Maybe yeah, yeah. they're maybe they're touching. Yeah, it's the seventies. <laughs> not judging. They're all sharing one collective brain. Yeah, one way or another. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Strange dives into this ego box where it is pitch black except for the ancient one sitting lotus style and his uh, his like sense of self is dying. Uh, Strange kind of <laughs> ushers this along and murders him um, and is ejected from the body. Yeah, he says he it's a brilliant full page splash uh, where oh. he's, he's blasting the ancient one. Uh, he says, he saved my life so that I could end his. Yeah. And yeah. as he kills him, you see... Yeah, the diagonal just, split of the page. Yeah, mm-hmm. with uh, uh, I forgot his Shuma name. Shuma Garas. Shuma yeah. Garas. <laughs> I'm like, how did I forget that? Yeah. Uh, 
dying, yelling no, and obviously being severely injured at the same time. And this is the best. There's no touch-ups. This is a blacklight poster mm. of glorious proportions, this and, page. And Brunner not only drew and inked every page of this, but he also colored it all. Oh, uh, whoa. And I love it when an artist colors their own work. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Did you notice the face in the background? Yeah, yeah. that's what I, I was... I didn't see it the first couple times. I didn't either, but yeah, it's it's the the uh, ancient one's like agonized face, it, it hugely blown up in the background. Uh, and all the... the shadows are purple and all the highlights are light blue turquoise and it's just it's beautiful. so big it looks like an abstract pattern until you realize what it is yeah i yeah. thought it was like swirling energy nonsense yeah. and then when i was taking notes i was like Ooh. yeah it's good um so yeah we, we did it like the world is now safe from uh Shuma Garath, uh but strange is really shaken from the murder of his mentor figure that he just had to do yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh yeah he's like uh calling himself an assassin and stuff like that he had to kevorkian in this whole deal <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's a reference you don't hear anymore <laughs> weird i want to bring it back yeah dust it off <laughs> so the uh the crypt crumbles um onto the living booty That's buddha the, way the crypt crumbles <laughs> um <laughs> poor living buddha that guy. I mean, it's possible he gets trapped under that rock for so long that uh, his body starts to digest himself, and his <laughs> hair starts to fade, and he becomes the Crypt Keeper that we know and love. Oh, you might be right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so then, he's strange. He's now toying with the idea of giving up magic uh, since he's maybe now bad. Um, but the ancient one, who has now become one with the universe, he appears to him in what, like a, a tree, a tree, a tree, and yeah. then maybe some water. And the Crypt Keeper, and... the ancient one's face coming <laughs> yeah. out of a tree is pretty, pretty yeah. terrifying. Uh, very late, late Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, uh, well, he's now one with the universe, so everything's well. Um, and everything is fine because everything is everything. Yeah. Like, very enlightened. That is a line written by someone who has done a fair amount of acid. <laughs> yeah. And I approve. <laughs> yep. and it's it's very much this ending is like uh, is like Luke. You know, yeah. at the celebration with mm-hmm. the Ewoks mm-hmm. scene, the Force Obi Wan and Yoda, and yeah, all the Force ghosts, just yep. and, and Anakin, and Anakin. Yeah. <laughs> digitally replaced. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, Strange made the hard choice, and it was the right one. And as such, he is now worthy to become the actual, the true Sorcerer Supreme. Yep. The Ancient One has now uh, is now forever leaving this plane of existence, telling Strange that it's all on him now. Humankind depends on him, and he must not fail. Wow. Big moment. Boom. Big moment for Doctor yeah. Strange. I feel so like you should at least get a little trophy with a bowler on the top. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, this is like, you know, I, I would say this is the first, like, really big, major yeah. Doctor Strange story. Like, I mean, and it lands. It it's lands. like meandering and insane, but yeah. it lands. Like, yeah. This comes together. And yeah. Ancient One is done. You know, this is the other thing. It's like the passing of the torch for real. There's no... There's right. Because the, the... Yeah, Ancient One has died before. Right. But yeah. This and he always... The, he's like... Doc, he Professor X's his way into saving Doctor Strange all the time. <laughs> right. You know? um, yeah. But now his body is like officially done for. Yeah. And he's merged with the cosmos. Um, yep. And Doctor Strange has got a power boost from his death. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. And we've done away with all these heralds, at least for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Yep. 700 bosses. Of yeah. We've like really traveled through some stuff. Uh, yeah. A lot of it. I, don't, I, 
I was like, wait, is this nonsense? But it's not nonsense. It I actually don't think so. like, hangs together pretty well. I think it does, yeah. And, and I, I feel like it, it really does feel earned by the end of it. Like, yeah. you are now the Sorcerer Supreme. Like, something has changed, you know? I almost wish that this whole, whatever we just went through, was, like, the first 10 issues of Doctor Strange's thing. Yeah. You know, that yeah. would have been cool. Well, you know how, like, there are some comics where... You know, it goes on uh, like X Men is a good example. You know, where we perfect eight, from the beginning. Yeah, for, for, from like eight years. <laughs> you know, it it does nothing, right. and then finally it reaches a point where you feel like all of a sudden a story comes along and you feel like, oh, this is the beginning. Of yeah, it. This is, it earns right. it here. Right. You know, it clicks finally. It clicks. Yeah, and I, it's, I mean, sadly, I think Doctor Strange. The story of Doctor Strange is pretty uneven throughout Marvel history, but I do think this is a, a, a good era for the character. Yeah, it yeah. either felt like this is the beginning of a lot of greatness or like the end of anything worthwhile in Doctor Strange for a long time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I wasn't sure which way it was. Yeah, it go. shines. Yeah. I mean, I think the very beginning, the Ditko beginning, yeah, is still yeah, yeah. worthy. Totally, yeah. hundred uh, percent. Yeah, but then it falls apart when he leaves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and meanders until now yeah Yeah. until this this storyline well it's that same thing of like well we have to ape what came before awkwardly and we'll sort of water downedly for like a while and then we're like oh we can do our own thing yeah oh there we go yeah because i mean ditko's vision of it was is such a singular vision right you know um like everything the, the whole story that leads up to him facing dormammu for the first time is incredible yeah um but then it goes then it goes it, into the no rehash, way. the yeah. rehash spiral. Like you yeah. almost made it an incantation earlier. You were like, uh, huh. what, you just oh, said, yeah. Mord- Mordo, Mordo yeah. Dormammu nightmare, Mordo, Mordo Dormammu nightmare. nightmare. Yeah. And if you say it six times, Bloody some, Mary appears. Yeah. I think <laughs> I thought the living Buddha. Uh, <laughs> no, the living Buddha will never appear again. Hopefully. Thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Well, we did it. Uh, we got through the Marvel Comics of June 1973. Um, the only thing left for us to do now is share our astonishing takes, our recommendations for things that our listeners may want to check out that are not those comics. Um, I am going to recommend that y'all take a listen to my appearance on the 1-900 Hot Dog Podcast, oh, yeah. The Dog Zone. It's hosted by uh, Cracked.com alumni Sean Baby and Brockway. This is their new humor site. We've talked about it on Sean Baby's uh, appearances on the show before. It's real funny. Oh, um, man. I, I am a... This is the one thing I'm a patron of. It's yeah. one nine hundred hot dog. Oh whoa! Uh, maybe not the one. I have a couple things, but yeah, this is the thing I read. I read the articles almost every day. I never listen to the podcast because you know me. Yeah, sure. Uh, but I listen. <laughs> podcasts to are this, the worst. Yeah, I listen to this whole podcast. <laughs> it at one x speed. I know. I did the same thing, and it I loved like- it. Yeah, I, just because also it is bonkers. I looked yeah. up everything as you talked. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so so just to to let the listeners oh, know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so the website's really funny. Uh, the, the podcast is also very funny. Um, and on my appearance, we talked about uh, Frank Miller's awful, racist, piece of garbage graphic <laughs> novel, Holy Terror, um, which was his sort of like 9-11 fever dream that, came out after like 10 years after 9-11 when he should have maybe have moved on yeah a little yeah. bit batman so, killing al-qaeda so, yeah, it, yeah it's batman with the right. serial numbers filed off and it, it, he's not just killing al-qaeda but like he's pretty explicitly just declaring war on muslims yeah, like intentionally yeah, like like yeah. explicitly yeah, yeah. 
Um, anyway, it's totally disregarding Rajal Ghul uh, entirely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, that's what I wanted. Yeah. I yelled that at the podcast once, and uh, oh god, yeah, I thought I was hilarious, but nobody could hear me. Aww. So yeah, yeah, no, we 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 <laughs> took it apart. Um, I, like honestly, I don't love just coming in and crapping on something because like I feel like the internet is full of that and it's not necessary but this I made an exception for holy terror um, <laughs> it's it's really awful uh, I would say we hit it harder than Frank was hitting the bottle when he wrote and drew it Damn, um, boom. and uh, I'm using the terms wrote and drew very loosely yeah. it's terrible yeah, I, it's, yeah it's an awful piece of garbage it's yeah. too bad because podcast mean, was fun though yeah the, the podcast <laughs> was funny dunking on that was funny I know that it's easy but, but it's also, also fun it's worth <laughs> noting it's just a historically it's worth noting what happened there. yeah and frank miller is important to comics and he's yeah. done though some of the most fantastic work and contributions to comics and by many accounts he is in better shape now than he was when this thing came out i think he had a lot of things he was dealing with and he has he seems to have dealt with some of them productively mm. and is on an upswing which is great to see I'm yeah a, i'm a big fan of his work uh when he's in his right mind and you know in control of his faculties yeah so, yeah i mean he, when, when we have bad days the, the public doesn't know about it you know like sure. he had a bad <laughs> when i'm racist about muslims for 10 years <laughs> no unless this it. podcast <laughs> takes a real weird turn yeah yeah <laughs> oh god yeah it, just the longevity of the time it took him to god that, it's uh, just yeah it's I so i have so many questions i do too yeah. yeah, and we're never going to have them answered to my satisfaction. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's it's just, uh, I remember at the time thinking, it was like, oh, this this is not good. Like this, right. when I first heard him talking about it, when it was going to be called Holy Terror Batman, uh-huh. um, and I was like, are you sure about this, Frank? <laughs> and then like Holy five terror. years later, it comes out, and I picked up a copy out of a morbid curiosity, and I read it, and I was just like, mm-hmm. I guess that's it for me and Frank Miller. Yeah, right yeah. Now. Yeah, it, that, yeah. It, anyway, it was a great, great podcast. Thank yeah, you. I, I yeah. don't know how much I cared about Frank Miller in either direction. <laughs> uh, and and you sounded brilliant and it was hilarious. And yeah. Yeah. It's I nice to hear you not being held back by two dummies. Right? Yeah. So it's just like, <laughs> oh, I was like, a smart comedy guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, you also, with them, you were called like a comic scholar. Yeah, and I caught that. Uh, so yeah, I was a little overstated. Maybe, <laughs> yeah. I was like, we need to be nicer to Brian, I guess. <laughs> guys are going to steal them away from nah. us. Yeah. <laughs> He likes being kicked around. A I do. Uh, <laughs> what do you got going on, Rob? What What are you recommending? I'm recommending something I'm pretty sure you recommended ages ago, like a hundred fifty episodes ago. <laughs> uh, uh, Casanova. This oh, is yeah. volume one of the complete uh, collection. The fancy hardcover. Yeah, yeah. It's called Luxuria. Um, this is from Matt Fraction and Gabriel Ba. Um, I think you recommended it. Um, but I just got around to it. I have all three volumes of nice. this. Uh, I just, I knew I was going to love it from many descriptions and uh, talking with Mr. Fraction. Um, but uh, I didn't understand how much fun it was going to be. Um, I imagine Matt Fraction talking to Gabriel and saying, not Nick Fury, but Mick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> the, and the whole Mick Fury joke is that as as Gabriel draws the main character of Casanova Quinn, he looks exactly like a young Mick Jagger to me at least. Yeah. uh, Yeah. And it's, it's just, uh, but he's basically like Nick Fury. Um, 
he uh, or sort of Nick Fury's son is the idea in the in the book, and it's frenetic and it moves through sci-fi concepts faster than it spins through spy tropes. Yeah, and on the surface, from our old comic book reading perspective that we have on the podcast, it reads as a hyper hyperactive parody of Starenko's Shield Run. Um, but it, as it picks huh. up steam, it throws in concepts changes scenes and rapidly becomes the fever dream of sex violence clones dimension hopping and even giant robots that one would hope from from the mind of mr fraction (laughs) um from current standards you can see the storytelling pace of what eventually goes into jimmy olsen but with the irreverence of sex criminals and the deep knowledge of so much comic and genre history rolled all together so it's it hits so many things perfectly um and like i said i have volumes two and three just waiting to come up in my never-ending stack of comics. Yeah. So, yeah. I also, uh, I love the back matter in that volume. Yes, yeah. I've been reading. There's so much good stuff. <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's crazy. I, yeah. I got so lost in the back matter, I didn't. I literally didn't read two and three. I was like, oh, my God, this is so riveting. Yeah, yeah it was really yeah. good. Yeah. yeah, I'm about uh, halfway through the back matter yeah. on volume one going, I'm going to keep reading this, and so I'm in the same boat. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I I don't think I've recommended these before. I'm, I apologize if I have. Uh, Immortal X Men issues nine and ten. Okay. This whole run. Oh, this is uh, Kieran Gillen and uh, what, uh, Lucas Wernick. Okay. Um, the whole run is superb. Those two issues are like top of the mountain. Good. Great. Uh, they each of them set up uh, Sins of Sinister, the ongoing situation. Um, there it. The crossover is excellent. Since the Sinister is one for the books, I think. Really good. The two setup issues are like special in a way that I think you don't encounter that often. All right. They just do very, very unique things um, character wise. And I just, I, I, I've read them at least three times each. Nice. Yeah. Just really fun. Read them slowly. The, the like voices are really great. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. It's just one of those things. You just have to have to read them. Well, last December I got up to the first Hellfire Gala. So um, I'll get there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you I, will. I'll get there. I, yeah. I haven't yet. It's coming up for oh me. Oh, my gosh. I, just when I get the right <laughs> amount of a Jamie break. crazy. Oh, yeah. about when we talk about one. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, yeah, they're and they're like hinting at the end of the Kirkowen era. Yeah, I'm wondering if it's a misdirect. I, I, my theory is that it will not end, but I don't know. I, I don't know. know. I don't know anything. Yeah. Um. Nobody knows anything. Yeah. The sinister. The sinister Hickman's sinister. coming back to do uh, I know. Marvel stuff again. So who knows what's it sounds happening? Crazy too. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode and as many of the other episodes as you have listened to. Um, (laughs) It's great. We love making this thing for you. Um, We are biweekly for, I think, two, maybe three more episodes. Um, Then we're going to resume a a weekly release schedule again after that. Um, We're we're getting our legs back under us. It feels good. Um, We've also got some pretty cool stuff that we'll be announcing uh, when we get back to the weekly release schedule. Um, If you're good at counting episode numbers, you might be able to figure out when all that's likely to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, if you're missing us in your ears every week, may I remind you that all Patreon subscribers get extended versions of all of our episodes, including this one. It's just four bucks a month at patreon.com slash Marvel by the month. You can catch up on the backlog. You can revisit longer versions of your favorite episodes. Yeah, just do like three months. I mean, really do months every month. Sure. But sure. <laughs> if it were me, I'd think that I was going to do three months and just binge 
four billion hours of this yeah. and then I'd stay on there. Yeah. But yeah. So I'm just trying to you know, lure you in. I just, I think about all the podcasts that I listen to and that there is more, more of it that I am not listening to. Yeah. Like just makes me want to rock back and forth. Right? So, <laughs> like just to miss a third of the thing or like whatever, like some percentage. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Um, you can also review us on Apple podcast or whatever you're using to listen to us. Uh, take a screenshot of that five-star review, send it to Marvel by the month at gmail.com with your mailing address and we'll put some free stuff in the mail for you. I'm still checking that thing every day. Every day. There I appreciate all of you who are doing that. Maybe do it right now. Yeah. Well, it's fresh. And if you need a prompt to get started, uh, why not let people know that they don't have to listen to every single episode to enjoy the show? Hmm. Um, we do have uh, those essential episodes that recap uh, a season um seasons it, can be vast oh, seasons yeah. can be wildly varying in length um but yeah it, you can uh, you can get caught up quickly to where we are by listening to those um i think you know we're at nearly 200 episodes now it feels like a big commitment a little overwhelming sure. um but uh that's a that's a fast way to catch up so let people know that in a review um we'd appreciate that um, you can find us on Instagram at Marvel by the Month and MarvelByTheMonth.com has links to our other social channels as well as our shop. Rob, do you want to tell the people what <laughs> oh, is on yeah. the shop right yeah. now? Yeah, I teased this when we talked to Michael Giacchino. Uh, what we did was um, Brian kept saying there's an old Make Mine Marvel pin from 1967, I think, and it has a, a 12 heads of, of characters. Mm-hmm. So what we did was we made a I, well we I I made the design one hundred percent yeah I yeah. made a design hand lettered the design drew every single character uh, and shared my pencils with everyone so there's a provenance um, <laughs> but uh, uh, there are twelve monster characters it says make mine monster in the middle um, mm. and it's just done exactly in that style I've I just looked at the each of these characters art from the the main creation or their first their origin story and uh you sort of mimic to my best abilities gene colon gil kane uh so many others it was so fun and uh you will see many monsters that you love and some characters that you might not quite remember from Mm -hmm. what they look like in their first appearance (laughs) right right but there's a ghost riders there's there's things you'll know um there's some werewolves by night uh (laughs) So check it out. It's a Make Mine Monster. You can get it on shirts and mugs and whatever uh, at our shop. So yeah. Yeah. Just go look at it. Go look at it. Yeah. Rob's work is astronomically good. It's I, brilliant. Yeah. It's almost too brilliant. It's yeah. so brilliant. We might get sued over it. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. We don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I do kind of want to emphasize, like, if we're ever going to get cease and desisted on any of our merch, this is the one. <laughs> this is the one. <laughs> so I would run, not walk, to yeah. marvelbythemonth.com and order yourself one of these before right. we are asked to pull it down in the <laughs> brusque terms. And again, this is because Rob is so talented. Yes. <laughs> if I had done this, they could be up forever. They'd be completely unrecognizable. We did. We yep. discussed making them uh, less recognizable, but we just we kind of wanted to. I, I we discussed wanted it, and I was like, I want to draw yeah. these <laughs> like like they are. Yeah, I'll just put it this way: I ordered myself a hoodie and a T-shirt, so I got mine. I don't, <laughs> I don't care what happens to it now. I've got, I've got five things we're expecting to cease and desist. Okay, let's just say <laughs> yeah. that. Uh, yeah, right. but no, I, I mean, hopefully not, because it is original work and it's a parody of the Make My Marvel. Right. Yeah. So yeah. maybe we'll skirt by. Totally. It but, is. Uh, it is. Uh, yeah. It, it, it's it's parody and uh, it's transformative. Yep. Right. Yeah. yeah. So possibly we'll survive this, but <laughs> but get them while it's hot. You yeah. heard it here first. <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. So anyway, that's all for now. 
My name is Brian Stratton. Mine is Rob Milne. I'm Jamie Wenger. We will see you in two weeks for next month. Until then, stay inside and read comics.